What's up? This is Brian with the FQ901. I'm 99B Weezy on Instagram. You can follow me, Bucci Bucci Baby. Bucci underscore Bucci on IG. We're just two of the FQ901. We're a family. Yes, yes, yes. And we are chilling with the one and only Ina Esco with the world famous Verbally Effective Podcast. Man, y'all better quit playing and download and listen to this download, joint. Download, download, download. Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy Howard Q hanging out with Double E Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Clear? Verbally Effective Episode 48. Your Double E Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Episode 48. And it's Christmas Eve. I hope you guys are surrounded by nothing but love. But thank you all for listening once again. You know you can definitely download, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. And, of course, see those visuals on YouTube. Don't forget to follow the IG handles. Follow, follow, Verbally Effective on IG, Ivy Multimedia on IG, and, of course, Ina Esco on IG. But today we have with us a special guest he actually just celebrated his 34th birthday, 34th birthday, 3-4. He is the executive director and founder of The Dividend, which is a nonprofit that creates and implements social-emotional learning activities for young people of color. Today we have with us Mr. Tim Green. Well, I'm so happy that you are here today. Uh, big shout-outs to my producer, Sanaa Labor. For hooking up this special guest with Tim. I know you do a lot out here in Memphis. Uh, before we get into some of, you know, your foundation, your nonprofit, I want to talk about Tim growing up in Memphis. I know you're from Memphis. What part of Memphis are you from, Tim? I'm from White Haven. From the Haven. Okay, Black Haven. Yes, I am. Yes. I'm actually a part of that, like, the gray area so neely road oh, like, I know right exactly. over by crystal palace right i grew up in valley forge you know walking distance to pv so we used to go over there all the time mm-hmm. uh some people might know what pv means but i'm not gonna do that on this podcast pussy but, valley uh, oh okay well it's that type of podcast <laughs> yes well, all you can right. say whatever you like whatever you like so like growing but, up did y'all joke about pv all the time we, we did we did we went over there why did they the call it that i I so the legend goes that you know the ladies that lived there you know um were um selling you there. know maybe you know selling you know and people went to partake uh wow. in in such things um you know wow. the p or the v P-V. you know so hey so that's what <laughs> that's what happened over there but yeah okay. I grew up um right there um mm-hmm. uh grew up right there on Neely Road uh went to Graves Elementary Okay. Uh, so fun times there. Um, after that, went to John P. Freeman. Okay. Uh, so you know, I hear a lot street. of good things about John P. Freeman. John P. Freeman was uh, awesome. I was actually on the wait list like since fifth grade, wow. and then got in for seventh grade, um, okay. and then continued on with the optional program at Whitehaven. Okay. So mm-hmm. you you know Whitehaven graduates are like diehard. Like yep. y'all have so much spirit. You're welcome. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, and then you know, as you all become adults. A lot of you give back to the White Haven oh, community, absolutely. which I think is excellent. Absolutely. Now, I, I love my school. Yes. Now, do you have any siblings? <laughs> yes, I do. I have six sisters. Six sisters? Six. Wow. Yeah, I got every sister 
that God could have ever created. I have one half, one step, one full, and three adopted. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Are you yeah. the youngest? I am. So in the line, I am number three. Number three. I'm in number. I'm number three. So, okay. but on my mom's side of the family, I'm the oldest grandchild, and first okay. grandchild. So, yeah. So, are you still? You know, you and your sisters are very close. Like, oh yeah. You know, they're protective mm-hmm. over their brother. Yeah, you the one of the older ones, um, Alexis. She is. Um, she's protective, and she's also like my very kind competition. Oh. Um, so <laughs> we do a lot of, you know, we both do. She does great work. Uh, she's in Atlanta. She is um, a certified midwife, and she Ooh. works at Emory Hospital. Uh, she also teaches in nursing at uh, Emory University. Uh, so Dr. Alexis uh, Green down there in Atlanta, and she's awesome. like, you need to go and get your PhD. And I'm like, I'm good, bro. Are you uh, not? Are you not interested in going to further your? Um, some maybe? sometimes, sometimes you know. But right now, uh, the way things are is very hectic. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I have my master's in education. So I I do think about going back and uh, and getting it. But right now, it's like. Yeah, I I leave that for like four forty. I'll probably go back. And, yeah, you and got get it time. You got I got time. a little time. Mr. Little Soon time. to be thirty four. You know, twelve. Twelve. I said twelve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, let me say twenty one. So you know, some legal. Twelve 21. sounds weird. It was like twenty one. We just gonna say twenty one. Yeah. Too. Turn up. Turn up, Whitehaven. <laughs> now, when you graduated Whitehaven, how did you decide on going to UT Knox? Uh, so actually, two of my sisters were already there. Okay. Um, and I was like, don't tell anybody you know me. I wanted okay. to just make my name for myself, pretty much because I did a lot of stuff in high school, but um, we didn't all go to the same high school. So the uh, majority of my sisters graduated from um, Germantown, and me and my youngest sister, we graduated from uh, Whitehaven. Wow. So um, my parents were divorced when we were two. Got okay. divorced when I was two, so two different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing, you know, East East Memphis, like straight out there, Shelby Drive, like ain't nothing out there by Hayes Crossfield, and then mm-hmm. I got Whitehaven. Um, so they, they were there a couple of years before me and I was like, don't tell anybody, you know me. Uh, and I came in <laughs> and started, um, working with Love United Gospel Choir there, okay. uh, got on the student council, became a senator there and just, uh, carried that energy on until I started working for a company there. And then eventually I graduated and it was like, okay, cool. See y'all later. So you know how to sing? Where did you get that from? I can hear it in your voice. I was like, uh, Sanaa, did you look, say Look, something? I don't see it on your uh, bio, <laughs> but when you mention choir and then I'm already listening to, like, your voice, sing me a little something. I, I, see, I did not <laughs> prepare anything for that. Um, a Christmas carol. <clears throat> a Christmas carol. We can sing it together. Okay, I get it. <clears throat> Which one are we singing? <clears throat> we'll sing, uh, what is it, the Christmas song? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. I hear it, I hear it. That's all I got. You got to pay for the rest. And I'll (laughs) drop that check to you. Uh, Well, I'll keep singing. (laughs) I have Cash App. I have Venmo. What's your cash app? I have PayPal. Oh, my God. Okay, I didn't got Tim loose. Oh, okay, I got him loose. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you sound good, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you still partake from... in singing here and uh, there? Every now and then. Every now and then I do um, a little singing. I come from a musical family. My dad swears that he can sing. Uh, you know he was dad in, can sing. Well, he, you know, he does a little something. Um, mm-hmm. But he was like in a, a, a group 
back in like the nineties, they tried to do some stuff. What group? Uh, I I don't even remember the name okay. of it. They tried to do some little song or something. Was it R and B gospel? It was it was R and B. Okay, um, we gonna give it this, that category. This was gonna give it that. Um, <laughs> my grandfather used to sing with um, my great uncle, uh, and my great uncle is Al Green. So they all wow. used to sing together. Okay, uh, of course you know all my family is here in Memphis with yeah. most of them, and my grandfather still lives on Neely. Uh, and Uncle Al is hilarious. He yes, is he is. That, um, so like, he's so uncle. like for he Christmas just... you gonna see Uncle Al? Nah, nah. No. Don't he say out in Millington? My folks yeah. live in Millington, so mm-hmm. I've seen him at Walmart before. Yeah, stuff he, like he that. Be out in the community. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this church is still in Whitehaven, so sometimes you might see him in Walgreens and in what in Haven. So, yeah. yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> Okay, so when you were at UT Knox, what type of activities did you indulge in at UT Knox? Like, you uh, know. Love United Gospel Choir, uh, Student Council, and just really, um, we had another organization, uh, Student African American Brotherhood, where we uh, worked on just getting males of color involved on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I was at UT, I believe we were about 1,900 African Americans, if that, on Comparable campus, to, to thirty thousand people on campus. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So it was, okay. uh, but but the the environment that they had at UT. Uh, first of all, we had one of the only freestanding Af- uh, African American cultural centers mm-hmm. uh, in the United States. Um, and when you went there, it was kind of like grandma's bosom. It was like, come on, baby. You know, you saw the arm water and everything. Like, come on, baby. <laughs> And it was just like, so this is what you do. Like, don't buy them high books. We have a, a, a book loan program over here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, if you need some food, we'll tell you where to go. They have shuttles to take you to Walmart and all of that. Um, if you want to join the choir, if you want to join this organization, this organization, you do this. Um, you yeah, had upperclassmen to come in and be like, you, when you go to class, you sit in the front. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You sit in the front so the professor can see you. Don't you get in the back? Because classes at UT, some of Are them, huge. like, you might have, like, 25, 30 people. For the most part, it's, like, 500. Wow. You know, 250, 500 in there. And it's, Dang, like, you, you I can't have even a, imagine. Uh, like a four-digit code, you know. And you like, you know, you got to go in and write your name down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, you better make sure the professor know your name. Wow. And it's, like, okay. So mm-hmm. going into UT, um, and being ingrained in that culture, like, it really felt like uh, a family away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we turned up. Mm-hmm. almost got kicked out sophomore what? year. I moved off like campus. That. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We was turning up. <laughs> Some good old times. <laughs> Until I got that letter, was like, Dear Mr. Green, <laughs> academic probation. If you oh, you had to straighten up. That was up, the wake-up call. Oh, yeah. That was the wake-up call. Um, mm-hmm. So I uh, worked a lot there. Uh, I ended up working for a um, apartment complex. The apartment complex that I lived in ended up working there as a community assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually they hired me on as the marketing manager. Okay. So before I graduated, I already had my job. Uh, and I started, so I was working from like 9 to 5, and then I would take classes at night from 6 to 9. Wow. Yeah. So, like, was your experience at UT Knox, you know, I know they welcomed you in as far as, you know, the – the African-American community to keep y'all on track. Mm-hmm. Did you have a really good experience there from, mm-hmm. I guess, a racial 
you know, point mm-hmm. of view? You didn't have any issues? No, I didn't have any issues. That's um, good. I did get asked the question a lot, and it was like, so is it true what they say about black guys? What? I got that. You had... <laughs> I got that a couple a, of times. And I was co- like, oh. oh, they wanted to know. And I'm like, so what did they what did they say about <laughs> black guys? Um, oh my! But you know, uh, no, I, I honestly, uh, I had a really, really <laughs> good time at UT uh, because of the platform that I was given in high school with Bridge Builders. Right. Uh, so I came through that program. Um, and coming from Whitehaven, where I'm seeing majority African American people. Um, and going and staying at at the University of Memphis and being in a dorm room with a guy named Sparky and <laughs> just being like, who is this? What's 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 happening right now? Right. Like, who is this guy? And being and seeing all these other people and weird people coming up to you and chanting and all this is yeah. just like, I don't know what's going on. And right. then by the end of the week, y'all all crying in the huddle and just like, I don't want to leave you, I don't, you know. Exactly. And then even Sanaa being a part of that and being one of my counselors um, going into my senior year when we went to Ole Miss, it really laid the uh, foundation for me to um, look at people outside of just the color of their skin, mm-hmm. uh, but actually get to know people. So even mm-hmm. through college, I came back to Memphis and I worked for Bridge Builders over the summer. You guys are so connected. Oh, Everybody yeah. that's been a part of Bridge Builders, even my youngest sister, Tara, she is Bridge Builders, Bridge Builders. Mm-hmm. And that was so long ago, but you all keep a pretty good community going. Yeah. Right now it's kind of weird because I did, um, so I came through uh, 2000. Three, uh, so that was 15 years ago. So I have mm. students from 2003, four, five, 11, 12, because um, then I came back and worked for the program full time as a recruitment coordinator. Wow. Um, so I was in the store the other day, and this girl was like, "Hey, Tim," and I've, <laughs> I've gotten to the point now because I, you know, on my face I'd be like, "Hey." <laughs> like who are you? But not just like hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, because I've been involved in so many youth programs. It's like I they know me from somewhere. So I'm like, yeah. hey, how are you? You know, it's like you was my bridge builder counselor and da 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 da. And it's like wow. And we just had the um, 30th anniversary celebration wow. for bridges, and it was just one moment where I was I had to like step away because it was some students like you know y'all just don't know what uh, what type of foundation y'all mm-hmm. laid for us because of course the program has expanded and I was there part of that expansion to help it grow and they were just like we do this now we do this and blah 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 and I'm just like uh-huh. oh that's cool well oh I'll be right it back it feels good Look, right it? right it does feel it good does. yeah now what is the whole premise behind Bridge Builders so the whole premise behind Bridge Builders is just um, it's a leadership and diversity program so not only do you have leaders from different pockets of Memphis but you have people who may not be, their school might not look like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So it brings them to a place where they can actually talk to different people and see how other people interact with each other. And it's in, uh, they call it experiential education. So it might be activity like Acid River. There's mm-hmm. no acid involved. Right. However, <laughs> uh, you have like a couple of different logs and stuff and, Hey, there's this acid river. Y'all got to work together. Oh, you're being too loud. Now you're now you're silent. Oh, somebody, you don't have an arm now because this mm. happened. And they're just like, just like, now wait a minute. Problem but, solving. Re- problem solving. Mm. And then you see everybody working together. So they start off like all different parts of the room by the beginning of the week. But then by the end of the week, you know, 
uh, the black girls and the white girls and everybody else stay in the corner, like, getting ready for their dance moves. Aww. Be like, oh, let's do this dance. <laughs> How you do this dance? And they're like, they found one of the black, uh, one of the white boys in the group and they gave him some cornrows. And oh, my like, God. He was like, okay. Everybody right, y'all are really bonded. Yes. <laughs> oh, but it's a good fun. time, but it's it's just, you know, a lot of things that happen in Memphis, it can be so tense, mm-hmm. but a place like Bridgewater is a place for them to actively break those things down and build it back up together. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, would you say that Bridge Builders prepared you for you getting into education? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the last, um, when I left Bridges um, from being the recruitment coordinator, I actually went into the classroom mm-hmm. and started teaching. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what were you teaching just so I was teaching uh, seventh grade science at Memphis Grizzlies Prep Charter School Okay, uh, for boys, and it's downtown Memphis. Um, and I started there, uh, and I was freaked out. Wow. I was like the first month, I, was, I, I probably cried every day. Why? Because I, I wanted, I had so much pressure on myself. I put so much pressure mm-hmm. on myself to excel, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was failing. Mm-hmm. Um and I just got to, I was just like, okay, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do this. And it wasn't behavior or anything like that. Like, look, I ain't finna play with nobody's kids, mm-hmm. okay? So classroom management wasn't a thing for me, but I wanted to make sure that they got some type of life lesson. I wanted to make sure that they were getting what I, you know, the information. I wanted to make sure they were learning science, and I feel like I wasn't doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day it just clicked for me, and it was just like, okay, let's let's go. Let's make it work. Um, so actually the idea of the organization I have now, the dividend was birthed through what I did at, uh, Grizzlies Prep. Um, cause I noticed a lot of boys would just randomly pull me to the side and, you know, cause I was one of few black males in, in the school period. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would say like, well, Mr. Green, I want to talk to you about something or tons of times where they're just crying and be like, what are you, ta- what's going on? And it's like, I don't know, you know, and I'm sitting down and talking to them. Uh, so I went to the principal and sister principal, and I said, um, hey, I want to um, give up my planning towards the end of the day, and let's do something for boys around, um, uh, not necessarily behavior intervention, but just like a place for them to be able to express their feelings and stuff. I was like, you can give me the worst of the worst if you want to, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want them in there so we can provide healthy ways for them to deal with their feelings, like their anger or if they're upset about, they're sad about something. I want them to have healthy ways to deal with that. Um, and the principal there named it Dreamers, Thinkers, Doers. Okay. <laughs> it was like, well, let's go with that. I was like, oh, okay. So Already ready for the night. Right, right, okay. right. So, um, so we did that um, and saw a lot of success in that. And then after that, um, I moved up to eighth grade. So I taught the same boys from seventh grade. I founded the eighth grade. I did culture and discipline. I was the team lead, and I also led that class as well. And then we did some things around advisory so that they can um, pick some pretty good high schools out. Wow. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're working at Grizzlies Prep, and you see a need for, you know, like you cut out your whole planning period to have this particular program. Mm -hmm. What were some of the main reasons the boys were wanting to talk? Like, were they just depressed or Mm -hmm. Could it vary in reasons? Like, what is, like, the main top three issues you were dealing with with them? I think it boiled down to just not being able to express what they were going through. Of course, this is seventh grade, so this is puberty. Like, yeah, it's just like, you know, my mama don't understand me, my dad don't understand me, or my daddy's not there, or 
I don't have mama or dad in my life or, you know, things like that. Um, and that's what really made them, like, I guess, come to me and talk because I wanted to make sure it was an environment where they felt comfortable enough to want to come talk yeah. to me. Uh, but another reason I even went into education was uh, one of my little cousins, um, I, I mean, like, before I left for college, like, he was, like, my little son. I would, like, babysit him and all of that. Uh, so when I moved back to Memphis, he was about, um, I think he was in ninth grade. Um, he was in high school. And I noticed it was a shift in the way that, you know, he behaved and things like that. So we tried, you know, got him in bridge builders, things like that. Um, but there was some other things going on that we didn't know about. Um, so one day he was upset with my aunt. Uh, he had actually got suspended from school. She had put him on punishment. He was upset about that. Long story short, he started a fire, and my aunt was trapped upstairs. Oh, so man. she passed away. Oh, and um, and now he's still in jail today. Mm. Um, and for a long time, uh, especially because I come from a family that doesn't experience a lot of death, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the last death in my family before that was like in the 90s. Mm. And this was like 2012, 2013 mm. uh, when this happened. And just tore me apart. It was I just know, like, wow, because, you know, um, I was one that had to tell the family exactly what happened. I identified the body, mm. all of that. Um, and it just took me to a space of like, um, for a while I felt like if I would have been there more, then that wouldn't have happened. Um, but then I, I went and talked to somebody. I went and looked into that therapy. You got to do it. I was it. like, no, nah, because I'm really it. like, it got to a point like it was about two weeks that I did not even get out the bed. Mm. Like did not get out the bed. Um, so I started going to therapy and then I was like, okay, well, things happen like that. That you know, so what? What good can come mm -hmm. out of this? And that's that's really what birthed um, me wanting to do more for boys of color here in Memphis mm -hmm. specifically, and just um, that's really what led to the dividend. Wow, yeah. that story is deep, Tim. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I I totally understand what you're talking about when you talk about boys at age. I have a 13 year old, mm -hmm. and so we at that point in a grade where where we could easily and openly talk about whatever now it's not so much you know mm -hmm. um i'm not seeing a really a shift in grades right but definitely kind of little funk attitude now <laughs> you know heavy fortnight action oh yeah oh yeah but they to talk about to tell me how you feeling and about a girl he what was right. up yeah. i want to know yeah but I, I charge it to maybe the puberty thing oh right? yeah oh yeah so um, at Grizzlies Prep, now I have two different classes mm -hmm. um, that I teach as an elective there. And it's a 6th and 7th grade class of boys. And then it's a 8th grade class. And I just got some 6th grade boys added a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's thrown us off a little bit. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> the little ones are just like, Mr. Green, Mr. Green, Mr. Green. Totally and different. the 8th grade is like, uh, excuse me, scholar. Uh, they don't want to be bothered. Right. So, <laughs> And then sometimes they try to act like the sixth grade. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold mm -hmm. up. We're not doing that. Um, so even like today, I just, you know, had them before I came here. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, one of the boys pulled me to the side. and He wanted to talk about a situation that happened in class earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I was out of town last week. And then I had something, I think before that, it was the break. Mm -hmm. So I really hadn't seen them in like two weeks. So they were just like, I missed you. Aww, I was like, you. they were like, tell us about the trip. How was Colorado? Did you go skiing? <laughs> like, they were so excited. But um, 
I, 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 it, it, it warms my heart um, because mm-hmm. this is exactly, I'm doing exactly what I want to do in my life, and that's to help uh, boys of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, students in Memphis, period, students around the world, because uh, even in the morning times, I go to Memphis College Prep, and I teach uh, kindergartners through fifth grade, mm-hmm. uh, boys and girls, about uh, social-emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, whew. what What does that mean, <laughs> social-emotional learning? So, pretty much it boils down to being able to navigate your emotions mm-hmm. um, and, and realize what's going on in that moment mm-hmm. instead of it turning into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if we're talking about, which what we're talking about right now is stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of them are going through MAP testing right now. That's one of the tests uh, specifically a lot of charter schools do. Um, it's a pretty good test. Um, so from that aspect of it, I'm talking about stress and anxiety to a kindergarten on just like, Figuring out like, okay, when your tummy hurts, you know, uh, how does that how does that feel? What type of feeling do you feel like when your tummy hurts? And, you know, we're going through like being able to just explicitly say these feelings until we get to third and fourth and fifth grade. And we're talking about uh, what does it mean to be a good test taker? Or even if you're not a good test taker, what are some things you need to do to make sure during the test that you're staying calm? You know, what are some things you can do in that situation? To uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, you're looking at how does this look, or how would this reflect um, when I go to high school and college? Uh, to how does stress and anxiety affect the decisions that I make? Yeah. Um, so even in a split moment, like I said with my cousin, there was a split moment where he made a decision. But if you know things would have went a different way, and life could have been different. Right. Mm-hmm. So your nonprofit is providing um, something in addition to the curriculum that's already established to discuss social, emotional type learning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, with my program, because um, teachers, you know, we always borrow, steal, and, you know, whatever <laughs> we need to do. Yes. Whatever we need to do. But uh, I also have created my own curriculum as well mm-hmm. to, to go with that. So even the both, both schools that I have, um, we have standards listed so they can see, like, this week we're going through 2A, two, two mm-hmm. and it may be talking about stress and anxiety, but it's broken down in brackets of how this looks for K through 2, mm-hmm. how it looks for 3 through 5, and how does it look uh, 6 through 8. So it, it's okay. broken down with, like, various standards as well. Okay. So you're in two schools now. Do you have room to expand to oh, way more? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, in January, we will start... Um, talking to other schools. Um, during the winter break, I'll be getting all the brochures and stuff mm-hmm. out, uh, using data from this school year to kind of push that along as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll have about five more schools uh, leading into the 2019-2020 uh, awesome. school year. Awesome. Now, do you mm-hmm. only work with charter schools? Um, I don't have to, no. Okay, but, so it's uh, pretty that's, much... Yeah, that's pretty much been my foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, even after leaving um, <clears throat> Grizzlies Prep, I went and worked for uh, a couple of charter schools in admin. Mm-hmm. So I was at uh, Memphis College, Florida, Kansas. I was at Freedom Prep Elementary as well um, in dean roles. Um, but what that just showed me was that... The, the the things that our students need uh, need more of, and that's just people to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, as being a, a former classroom teacher, that you want to give your you want to give your student one hundred and ten percent of your attention, 
But when you have 25, 28 kids in the class, mm -hmm. it's impossible to do that. And then you're held to different standards, and mm -hmm. you have to get this mm -hmm. done in time, and this unit testing is coming up. But LaShawn ain't moved to no type of growth okay. for, since school started, mm -hmm. and he barely comes to school on time, but you're expected to hit these numbers. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So outside of my—so with my program, especially at Memphis College Prep, the teachers can kind of, like, pass that off to me. Right. Say like, hey, so and so is here today. He's having a rough day. Can you go check on him? Like, sure. When he comes to my class, we had that check in, and I check back in with the teacher. Even uh, this week, we did for three through five. We did um, well three through eight. We did school uh, identifying your school triggers. Mm -hmm. So they had a um, list from one through five. One being it doesn't bother me at all. Five is like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to explode. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was just like homework. How does it make you feel? Of course, they all did five, 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 you know. But it was even like, you know, I like when teach when my teacher gives me feedback. Mm -hmm. I don't like when I get corrected on something. I don't like small talk. I don't like for people to touch me. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that, mm -hmm. that they probably wouldn't be able to verbalize or feel comfortable going to their teacher and say, like, hey, when you do this, I don't like it, or right. it triggers me, or it makes me feel angry. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, they don't, they don't have that type of relationship with adults, so they think like, "Oh, I can't say this to an adult, like that's right. that's wrong." But they can write it down, though. Mm -hmm. They'll write it down, but it's the fact that them trying to say it out loud that they have, you know. Wow. It's like no. You're like a vessel for the kids. Like you know, I try, I try. You are. <laughs> you know, you're getting some good data too. Yeah. That the teachers can improve on. Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Now, when you talk about a charter school, can you kind of break that down? Because I think it's a lot of misinformation about how it's funded, what it is. Can you kind of break mm -hmm. that down for me? Yeah, so charter schools, um, a lot of them are actually under Shelby County schools. Uh, Memphis College Prep is actually under Shelby County, and so is Grizzlies Prep. So what happens is that they go before the charter school office, and then they submit an application to open up a school. And then it's voted on. Um, a lot of times, first round, a lot of people don't get it the first round just because, like, they want you to go and just, like, have it a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> but then they do that process. When they open the school, they do get money from the state, uh, from the school system. However, it's not the same amount that a traditional Shelby County school student will get. Uh, charter schools are public schools. So a lot of people think, like, oh, well, I can't go here because it's a tuition attached to it. That's not true. Um, so a lot of them are public schools. And also, there a lot of them are under uh, school choice, so they're not seen as a neighborhood school, but they still operate as such. Um, so like Grizzlies Prep is downtown in Memphis, so it's not, it's not zoned to anybody else's um, area. So kids come from all over Memphis to do that, kind of like a lot of schools are now in Shelby County Schools, okay. just with the school choice thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what about in your teaching experience, talk about grit, the role that grit plays in a student's success? Like mm -hmm. should educators should ed educators be teaching grit as far as in their curriculum, do you think? Hmm. I think, um, and it's crazy because I come from schools that, you know, talk about grit all the time. Break down <laughs> what grit break down what grit means. Grit is like, you know, just giving your all when things get really tough. Uh, but 
what I've experienced, what I've learned over the years, that a lot of these students just have, it takes grit to get up in the morning. Okay. It takes grit to, like, actually come out of that that home environment mm-hmm. and make it to school. Um, so even I've seen, you know, situations like, you know, well, you know, we got to send him home because he don't have this on or he doesn't have this and have that. It's like, but do you know what's going on at the house? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So at some certain aspects of grit, like, I get uh, but some, like, especially when it comes to our black children that are coming from environments where they just, it's, they're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. They already know grit. They live grit every day. Mm-hmm. So coming to school and saying, like, you need to show some grit. They're like, bro, get out of my face. <laughs> like, like, I'm good on the grit. <laughs> I'm going to show you some grits, all right? Okay? <laughs> Calm down. Wow. <laughs> some biscuits, too. Okay. Like, uh-uh. Okay. So Memphis is kind of like a tough town anyway. Oh, Memphis. Grit and grind. Grit and grind. I have learned in my 34 (laughs) years on this earth, if you can make, they say Hollywood and all that, New Mm -mm. York. If you can make it in Memphis, I guarantee you can make it anywhere. You know what? You like the 25th guest I've had that (laughs) said that. And you almost said number 50. Everyone says that. Mm-hmm. Why is Memphis just the grittiest place ever? Because it's gritty. <laughs> like, you got people here that are just, like, grimy. You think, like, you, you got to think about Memphis as, like, Chicago old school politics. Okay. Like, everybody, everybody wants their name on everything. Oh, my God. Everybody, that's right. I said it. I'll say it again. He said <laughs> Everybody wants their name on everything. But what did and you do to get your name on it? But what did you do to get your It's It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I came back, I moved back to Memphis in 2010. Um, and with no job in sight, just started working, um, started working with the guy, fixed up hood houses and, uh, helped his kids do parties and, um, did security. I ain't know nothing about no security, doing security. You had to do what you DJ, had to do. I ain't know nothing about no DJ. But you did. But they was, look, they was like, <laughs> okay, hey, okay, drop that beat, oh, drop that beat. Ricky. I'm up here like, let me see what I can find on here real quick. You know, and making things happen until I, mm-hmm. you know, ended up going back to school and then I got back into uh, Bridges. Mm-hmm. But they just gave me that spirit of like the hustler, mm-hmm. like the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, even looking at doing the dividend, I was like, look, I left my, my other job and I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to get this place a year. Mm-hmm. And then I got to go out and, and do this. So I was like, look, I got this program. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got this fun. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, peace, job, bye. Okay. And then come September, they were like, oh, so we ain't got no funding. Mm. Like, wow. So then I find myself in this spot in September 2017 where I'm like unemployed. Mm-hmm. And then months started going by. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. You know, this going to happen. This going to happen. This going to happen. And I was like. Oh, it's not happening. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, my light's off. Okay, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And then I fell into that depression again. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, so what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So it was like me having a really a really big moment of like, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so it's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen on my time, mm-hmm. but it is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so even through that, um, that moment, like I started lifting, started Ubering, Uber Eats, all that stuff. Like grind. That, that, that grind spirit just came <laughs> back. I was like, look, I got to do it. Um, and then this August, um, I got a text from one principal. It's like, you know, we ready to go. 
And Thank then you, Jesus. The next day, I got a text from one of my friends and said, "I want you to come check us out over here." Boom, boom. So since this September, mm-hmm. September 2018, I've been doing this full time. Congratulations, yeah. Tim. But you know how they say, like, in some of your darkest moments is when you really find out about yourself. And, you know, it really kind of pushes you to go after what you really want to do. Absolutely. So you actually found that out for yourself. Oh, yeah. And then I was introduced to to other things. Um, I met another um, guy here who was an assistant principal at the time at uh, Bellevue, Archie Moss, who is the principal of uh, Bruce Elementary now and is the youngest Shelby County Schools principal. Mm. Um, he has an organization called Gentlemen's League. So I hit him up to talk to him about what they're doing over there. And he ended up talking about Profound Gentlemen. So Profound Gentlemen is an organization where they retain male educators of color um, around the United States. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, you want to be a part of that? It was like, cool. Then, you know, eventually... They brought me in as an impact leader, so now I'm working with guys across the United States, you know, calling them. We're doing um, Zoom meetings and stuff, and I'm doing webinars with them, like helping them become better teachers mm-hmm. and better educators in general. Um, so, you know, getting a little getting a little chick, you know, get from that too. You know, Increase your bag. You know, you know, you got you to gotta get that bag, and it's got to yes. be heavy. It's got to okay. be heavy. But uh, but that's something I still do today. Uh, so Archie and I have actually been doing interviews across the United States this year for um, for Profound Gentlemen. Uh, we did an article in Blavity. Uh, we were featured oh. on uh, Newsy, uh, the Y Channel. We did that a couple of months ago um, and some other things that are coming up in 2019. So now I get to help out with Profound Gentlemen, too. Get to do the dividend. It's a good time. Right. I'm so happy for you. I mean, educators, I mean, they are so instrumental in our children's lives. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just how you said, like, kids can talk to you about things that they can't talk about at home. Mm -hmm. Probably can't even talk to about another teacher, but they're coming to you about it. So. I applaud you, Thank Mr. You. Green. <laughs> now, let's jump into brunch and convos. Yeah, Tell man. me how you birth brunch and convos. So, um, I was Facebook creeping. Oh, you a creep, creep on <laughs> Facebook. Was, I was creeping through, okay. and I was like, well, I didn't even really have to. So, um, <laughs> It was there. It was there. So, okay. Insecure, uh, first season, uh, was... On and popping, and I was a oh, huge, I love huge fan of uh, Issa. Issa Rae, yes. and had followed Aqua Black Girl all on YouTube, so I was uber excited about Insecure premiering. Um, so, of course, over the over the course of the uh, weeks when it was on, the fan base got bigger and bigger. Uh, so by the finale for season one, everybody was just like, Team Lawrence, Team Issa, da-da-da-da-da-da, Team Daniel, da-da-da, Team Bank Chick, (laughs) da-da-da-da-da. And I was just like, so we having all these conversations, but ain't nobody, like, really doing nothing with them. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So um, I talked to one of my friends, Darnell. Uh, We had the same birthday. And I said, why don't we do a brunch for our birthday? Just charge a little money, Mm -hmm. have a little bubbly, have one of our friends, you know, uh, do the food. Chef Philip Dwayne did the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had it downtown at the uh, gallery next to uh, Leadership Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, let's invite people. I got a flyer made and all that. I was like, let's do it. So we put it out there. We was like, yeah, we're doing this. And I was like, okay, cute little, you know, ticket sales, whatever. And then, like, my phone is, like, blowing <laughs> up the next day. And I'm like, what is going on? So Issa Rae, like, liked 
the flyer. What? So everybody was freaking out about that. They were like, she going to be there. I'm trying to make you real clear. She's not going to be there. <laughs> but she liked. But she liked it. Hey, that's major. So we screenshotted that and was like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> hey, Issa's on board for this. Like, you know, you need to get it through. And it was like instantly, like, everybody started picking up tickets to the point it was like that's 75 awesome. tickets sold. Wow. And we was just like, Okay. So how did it flow? This it okay. So uh, what we do is I do an introduction. Sometimes I might have a moderator. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that one, I had Pam Brown, who also went to Whitehaven with me, my classmate, and I just had her to kind of maneuver the conversation. Mm-hmm. So when people came in, we have uh, mints at the table because I don't want you to have your breath all stank <laughs> in front of people's faces. Um, oh then God. we have um, um, little piece of note paper. Um, that they could just little sticky notes where they can write down questions as they talk. Mm-hmm. So even um, the screens, we had screens where it was like random questions up there. Mm-hmm. They can kind of drive the conversation while they're sitting down and eating. Okay. So then we have a bowl that comes around, and um, they put their questions in there, and then we randomly um, pick out a question and start talking about it. And it mm-hmm. just, I was like, that's that's it and mm-hmm. people were just like when's the next one and when is the next one so the next one after that was actually that february mm-hmm. and we did it for uh, a web series called giants that was on Issa Rae's channel okay and um i was like okay this looks like it might be pretty cool so i hit up the um the email for the for the show and i was like hey we did this brunch for uh, Insecure, and we think it will be pretty cool if, uh, you know, we can do something with y'all and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So then the guy was like, hey, man, this is James Bland. And da, 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 da. I'm like, wait a minute. This is the creator of the show. Mm. And I was like, okay. So we started talking, and I brought him to Memphis for what? that one. So we did that one. Wow. Um, did Another one, we've done two more on Insecure. We've done one on uh, School Days. Mm-hmm. We watched the movie uh, for one the anniversary. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, and we did um, Get Out. We oh, did one on Get Out. You're picking oh, some good ones. That was a good one. Uh, we did one on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done one on uh, She's Gotta Have It. Mm. So, oh, I love yeah, that on we Netflix. We did that one last year. Um, and, yeah, we also – so I – so. Me and Chef D. Arthur went to Whitehaven together as well. We're really good friends. Uh, so I say, like, look, like, everybody's doing, like, the little party brunch thing, whatever. Like, that's your brand. Like, I ain't going to touch that in Memphis. But anywhere outside of Memphis, <laughs> said, I can Memphis. do a little something. So, <laughs> so uh, Profound Gentlemen, each year we have uh, an event called Community Impact Assembly where a lot of our uh, men of color that are involved in the program come, and we have a conference that weekend. So this um, past March, we did for the culture brunch, mm. and I did that. And that was my one was like, we ain't sitting down talking. We just finna turn up. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte went crazy. What? They were like, where's the next one? Wait. So we just set the date for that one. So that one's going to be March 10th in, in Charlotte. So right now I'm just kind of like, you know. But you, you on, on to other cities. I, you yeah, just took yeah, it yeah. out of Memphis. Yeah, of okay. course. So they wanted it. They wanted it. So I'm, I'm taking it back. Not sure what we're going to start the year off with here in Memphis, but mm-hmm. I decided like, you know, it is the coming up on the second anniversary. So we've been doing brunch and conversations for two years. Okay. And um, I've done 12 brunches, I believe. Okay, well, I'm mm-hmm. coming to the next one that's in the city. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We got to uh, see what's, what's uh, 
What's popping? Yes, yeah, so we see had what, to say. What's, what's the buzz on social media? And then I'd be like, okay, well, maybe we need right. to do this one. We're going to figure people, it out. Some people be hitting me up, and I just be like. With different ideas. Yeah. So you like, no. Nah, like, you need to do a Grey's Anatomy's brunch. Ma'am. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, who the hell finna go through? You need to do a green leaf 75 brunch. 75 seasons of, uh-uh, you ain't finna have Look, nobody to church coming out to me. You brunch. You ain't finna have nobody to church coming out to me. Like, don't you have that brunch? Oh, my. Okay, whatever type of brunch <laughs> it is, I'm coming, Mr. Green. Okay. Now, let's jump into current events. Did current you hear about events. Cardi B and Offset breaking up? Weren't they married? What is going on? Listen, I, look, Cardi B, Offset, <laughs> she didn't post a picture, a little input. I ain't got time for it. You ain't got time. I ain't got time for it. But a girl because that he was messing off with. That didn't know. The, wait, who is this girl? Listen. The video came out today. What'd she say? She don't even know. She don't even know who she is herself. That just speaks volumes. Um, yeah, see, so I didn't even watch all the video because I just saw all that I needed to see. Mm-hmm. I clicked on the little TMZ thing, and she said, you know, she hadn't messed with him since the baby got here. And then she said she didn't know how serious his marriage was. Wow. That's like. I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <wait>. Who <laughs> says that? <laughs> I didn't Who? know how serious the marriage was. I didn't know how serious the marriage was. Mm. But then somebody, one of my friends come in today, too, was like, he didn't know how serious his marriage was either. It's like, well. Damn. All right. Hello, somebody. Wow. It take two to do the dance, baby. So, so this is not the first time we've heard of Offset, you know, messing off. So, But we, we thought <sighs> Cardi was cool with it. You know how she like, well. No, Cardi, because Cardi was getting them people uh, jumped over there in New oh, York. Oh, she and was. Stuff. Oh, yeah. She was. Yeah, she getting people, she little, you know. Okay. You but know, I guess she said know, enough enough. Don't, don't, I love Cardi. I do too. I love Cardi. All that B. money is still hood. Just gangsta. Just and ugh. she's being herself. Being herself. It can make I that money. Get yep. all kind of bags off of being yourself. Yeah. You get more saw, bags being right. yourself. I saw her Instagram PSA telling everybody that, you know, they weren't together no more. I, I didn't she see that. Like, she's like, so, you know, it's been rough for the past few years or whatever. But I'm good. But I'm good, you know what I'm saying? New music coming, you know, keep it popping. And here go my baby culture. Right. And Look. then she posted that baby. Pop now, the baby, baby is, out. The baby's cute. But, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so that's what we're going to do today. You never know. They might get back next week, though. You know how You know how they go. We're going to see. Hey. You think they're going to get back together? I, I don't know. That's some. I mean, they. That's some. That's some hood love. You know, some love that you know we saw in the nineties that we really didn't understand. Yeah. Like who was it? Casey and uh, Mary. Mary. Didn't you know understand what? that. That was a little hood that, love. Yeah, that was some I hood love. You. Just like now, Faith Evans and uh, Stevie uh, J. Now that's just mm-hmm. nasty. I just don't. I just. I was watching them at the Soul Train Awards. I was like, "This is this like, is the thing." Are y'all married for real? Like, a, you would have never thought. This is the thing. Faith and dude. Uh-uh. Faith Evans is married to Stevie. Jocelyn's well, somewhere you know mad. That, well, Stevie, heard... you not taking me back to the club. I... You not taking me back oh to the strip club, Stevie. <laughs> Oh my Mm-mm. God! You got time for that? But you know they sweet house Stevie. I, I hear Stevie packing. I mean, that's why these chicks is crazy about Stevie, oh, baby. See, that thing good. do something. What, Wait see, a minute. What... Okay, but you know what I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I felt you go. <laughs> Number forty-one has passed. Forty-one passed. George Bush passed away. But what yeah. I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Is that funeral? Did you see the Clintons, the Obamas, I did, and the Trumps? I did sitting on the same aisle at the funeral. I saw Michelle becoming unbothered. What she do? I saw that. 
with that face. <laughs> she brought the face out. She looked at Melania like, girl, I wish. Michelle Obama's you would. face at Bush's funeral was the equivalent of when you say, per my last email. Oh. That's exactly what she gave you. That's what she said. She's gave. like, I'm not going to repeat myself no more. Don't come by me. Did you get my book? I don't like you. Did you get my don't book? Don't come by me. She looked over there. She's like, hello. Okay. And I don't need to do and nothing. Then her, and then her side, her side piece boyfriend, W. I love their relationship. I love their yeah. relationship. Slid her some, slid her mint real quick. Mm-hmm. They oh, have a really good relationship. They really do. Mm-hmm. I love all the pictures in them together. They mm-hmm. they have fun together. She said they they like BFFs. What about Hillary? Uh, How was Hillary looking? Talking about my face for 2019. Your face for 2019 is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> she had that. She had that face. She that neck was straightforward. I don't know mm-hmm. what type of hairspray she used, but not a piece of that hair was moving. She was a, she was planted by the by the river. She gave my face. She should not shell. be removed. She mm-mm. she was like she didn't want to give a face. Melania looked down there, had a hand out. She just said. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, bye. She shook her head like, you already know what this is. Oh, my I don't, God. I don't, I don't mess with y'all. I don't play with y'all like that. That was interesting. No. <laughs> well, now 41 is lying in state. Mm-hmm. And we're coming to an end on the podcast. But before we end, you know, you talking about all of your background and education. I want to play a little game with you called Public versus Private School. Oh, gosh. And this entails you telling me if this particular celebrity attended a public or a private school. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're going to start with my idol, Oprah Winfrey. Do you think that she attended a public or a private school? (laughs) Public, way down in the South. You're correct. She did. She attended Nicolette High School in um, one of those uh, towns. But you're right. She did Mm -hmm. go to public school. Okay, what about Talib Kweli? Hmm. Public or private? In New York, he might have got a little scholarship on something. Maybe, baby, not. Very intellectual. He Uh, sure is. I feel like I'm saying like stereotypes right now, though. You are. Yeah. (laughs) My bad, y'all. We're gonna go. We're gonna go public. Like PS one forty seven. Wrong. See, Talib went to Cheshire Academy, Uh. a boarding school in Connecticut. Oh. Okay, so that's Talib. That's what about Ariana Grande? (laughs) Is she public or private? Did she finish school? Was she on Disney Channel somewhere? She maybe, but she went to Disney University. She went to school (laughs) before it. Where are Ariana going? Public or private? I'm going to say public. That ponytail say public. Baby, that ponytail was private. Uh. North Brown <laughs> Prep School, baby. So that ponytail is private. Uh. Okay, one okay. more. Steve Jobs, public or private? Huh. I'm going to say public. You're correct. You got the last yeah. one right. He attended Homestead High in California. What did I get? Two out of four? That's 50%. That's yeah. not good. It's an educator. 50-50. I failed. You, you are? Yeah, When's that the is retest? We're going to do a retest on the next pod. Oh, father. We're going to do the retest at Brunch and Convo. Okay. How about that? that? We can do it there. I am so happy you came, Mr. Green. I, I so have really enjoyed you. You were like a slick comedian on the side, too. What you talking? Yes. No. We could do some things 
in the future. Let's make it work. We I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I need stuff. The, bag. the bag needs to the, be heavy. Baby, I'm all about listen, the bag in the 19th. Listen, that's why, why you we thought. we just talking about this, people? See, you thought my skull cap was for my head. No, it's, it's for, for new the checks. Monies, the yes. checks. The monies. That's what it's for. And the phone is for the cash app. Yes. Yes. Cash app. I have cash app. We on the same page. I have Venmo. <laughs> I have PayPal. Oh, he's yeah. singing now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a squall if you want it. Yes! <laughs> but we get to the end of the pod, it's on and pop it. Oh my, Tim Green, I have enjoyed you for episode 48. Let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Yes, yes. So on my social media, uh, I am Tim Talks underscore. And you can also follow The Dividend on our IG. And that is The Dividend M-E-M. We have a lot of amazing things coming up at the top of the year to celebrate the uh, National Mentoring Month. We are part of the Memphis Grizzlies uh, Foundation affiliation. So we do do a lot of mentoring events with them. So we're going to do a lot of stuff in January. Awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by the Verbally Effective Pod for episode 48. Tim Green. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.